Welcome to The Swifterhood, a podcast all about Taylor Swift's lyrical genius. Whether you've known from her debut album that she's had a place in this world or her folklore has become your evermore recently, we are here to faithfully and wholeheartedly deconstruct each song lyric by lyric. And we're off. Welcome to episode 106, You Belong With Me, and That's When, featuring Keith Urban. So we have one of the re-records and one from the vault that was never released. That's exactly right. That's sort of the pairing we've been doing, like a song from the main album and a bonus song or a vault song. So today we're going to start off with our fearless feature, which is because... Here's my connection here. You Belong With Me is a song where you're comparing yourself to other people and thinking about your own insecurities. So since there might be a fair amount of young people listening, um, I wanted to talk about self-esteem. That's a great idea. Thanks. And there is a website that I'm going to link, which is healthyselfesteem.org, and it has exercises And they're free. It's just a free little curriculum that you can go through to help build confidence. And it's meant for young people. For our book recommendation, there's a book called You Are a Badass, How to Stop Doubting Your Greatness and Start Living an Awesome Life, written by Jen Sincero. And one of my friends, Kylie, who is a listener. Hey, Kylie. She read this book many years ago, and she told me to read it. And so I wanted to make sure that that book was included. Because I think it is a great choice for, you know, just a a way to learn about why you're insecure about the things you're insecure about and how to move past that. And then for an organization that you could choose to donate to if you can is Women for Women International. And they're a global community that invests in women survivors of war and conflict providing them with social and economic skills to transform their lives after the war. So women pass their knowledge to those around them and and are creating a more just world, a world where every woman's voice, role, contribution are visible and valued. And they they have a lot of really cool programs where, like they said, they, um, they teach social and economic skills and sort of help rebuild after these war situations, but they also have programs for men to teach men in these countries where they are, where oftentimes feminism, I guess, you know, it's like the best way to say it just isn't as much of a thing. They have programs for men to learn how to empower women as well and what that looks like. That sounds great. I'll have to check it out myself. Yeah, they do a lot of cool stuff. So Yeah, check out those resources, and they will all be linked in the episode description. Before we get into the episode, Morgan, there's one thing that I forgot to say in a previous episode that's really bugging me. Okay, go ahead, Erin. Thank you. Um, On the Mr. Perfectly Fine episode, I forgot to say that the change of heart is a reference to a Jonas Brothers song called Change of Heart that was rumored to be written about Taylor Swift. Oh, okay. So when she says Mr. Change of Heart, she's like specifically referencing him. Mm-hmm. And there's one other line in there, which is also one of his song titles, but I can't remember which. But I just needed to tell you that because you were like, she says heart so much. <laughs> okay, that's fair. 
Okay, you want to kick off uh, You Belong With Me? Yeah, it was written by Taylor Swift and Liz Rose, and then recently produced by Taylor Swift and Christopher Rowe. Okay, so this is a big one. This is one of her um, biggest hits, and obviously the the one that sparked the whole um, Kanye feud because this won this one video of the year. Um, so this this song carries a lot more than just how awesome it is. What were your original connections with this song, Erin? So I feel like for most people, 15 is a song that they're like, oh, I loved this one and really connected with it. And it's such the perfect high school song. And when I was in high school, I was like, yeah, 15 is fine. But like we talked about, for many reasons, I didn't connect with it as much. And for me, this song was like, yeah, this is the perfect description of high school. Yeah. Did you feel like so I think that this is a really interesting song because she's obviously drawing a dichotomy between quote unquote popular people and quote unquote nerds. And she falls in the camp of the nerd camp, which now look at her. She's definitely not. Well, and she that. was popular then, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it is it's an interesting dichotomy, especially coming from her POV. But um, point of view for the international people who might not know. But I think um, I think it's really I, I think one of the cool things about this song is that no matter who you are listening to it, you always relate with the person singing like you always relate with the person that wears the sneakers instead of the high heels and sits on the bleachers instead of the cheer captain, even if you are the cheer captain, because at this age, you're always going to have those insecurities that people other people are looked at as cooler and better than you hmm interesting it feels the whole music video feels very mean girls and this was at the time when i feel like it started to become cool to be uncool in movies they started showing like oh smart girls and look she's so cute and quirky and it sort of started to develop the manic pixie dream girl like I don't know exactly when that started, but the whole idea of like this like cute little quirky girl who's perfect in every way, but doesn't think she is and doesn't realize it. And that I feel like is when this narrative was really hot on the scene. Yeah, I mean, she does a great job at really portraying high school in this song. So in the original music video, it is obviously iconic. I just found out that the t-shirt, the Junior Jules t-shirt, was actually given to her by a band member who wore it at a camp or made it at a camp. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't know that. I just was looking at the Lyric Genius and was like, oh, hey. That's interesting. Yeah. Fun facts. I do love that music video. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like so hard because... You know, like you said, there's no reason to go back and listen to the originals. Like if you own them and you have them on your phone, like no one's judging you. You're not contributing to giving money to these people who bought her music. But at the same time, like you said, there's no reason to go back and stream again because the new versions are a lot better in a lot of ways. But we lose the music videos. I know we do. And they are good music videos. This one in particular, it's just like when you think Taylor Swift. I do think at the time it came out, they started to play it so much at one point. I was like, okay, she has other really good songs and you should release those as singles too. Yeah, like I I, I wasn't really in that camp when it came out. Um, I honestly don't even, I cannot 
place where I first heard this song? Well, it debuted at number 16 on the U.S. Billboard Hot Country Songs chart on the week ending April 15th, 2021. So it was number 16 from like Taylor's version re-release. It debuted on as number 75 on Billboard Hot 100, 5 on the New Zealand Hot Singles Chart, and 52 in the UK. So those are all current yeah, those, rankings? Yeah, for Taylor's version. And wow. You Belong With Me, along with Love Story, was the most successful single on this album, which I think we probably could have guessed. And Taylor recently talked about how much it changed her life in an article for Our Heart Radio. Do you want to hear what that was? Yeah, please. <laughs> it was one of those songs that I had written about unrequited love and crushes at school. And I never would have imagined that it would be this thing that launched me and my career into this place that I never imagined it would go to. It was this song and love story that really, really changed my life in a huge way. And I've had so much fun with the fans singing this into crowds over the years. So getting to redo it was really a joyful experience because I kind of was looking back on all those memories and thinking, wow, I'm really lucky. And (laughs) she's just constantly grateful. That's part of the reason why fans love her. She explained in more detail the inspiration behind the song in a piece that she wrote for her old label's website in 2010, which I think has since been deleted. She said, I had overheard a friend of mine talking to his girlfriend and he was completely on the defensive saying, no, baby, I had to get off the phone really quickly. I tried to call you right back. Of course I love you more than anything. Baby, I'm so sorry. Was that a good delivery? I was just going to say, wow, (laughs) 10 out of 10 on the acting. Get really into it. I mean, for the listener. (laughs) I should do audible. Mm. Anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Just tooting your own horn over here. Toot, toot. No. I've felt like ever since I got a mic, like I've been recording um, (laughs) chapters that we read these little short stories in my French classes. And I like to record them. And I used to do it on my phone. And now I've been using the mic so kids can listen as they're reading or like they can choose which way they want to read. And ever since I've got this mic, I feel like I'm like, well, hello and welcome to (laughs) Madame French class. I'm sure your kids love it. Yeah, I showed them a picture of me with like the full setup and was like, new episode just released. And they were like, ha ha, ha ha, Madame, so funny. (laughs) Anyways, that was derailed. She was yelling at him, Taylor said. So I came up with the first line, you're on the phone with your girlfriend, she's upset, going off about something that you said. And I ran that into the storyline that I'm in love with him and he should be with me instead of her. And so that makes me think that this is just a made up story. And, you know, she had experienced unrequited love, but she said it was just sort of generalized about that feeling. I think I have the original... um the original hidden message from two, 2008, which was, love is blind, so you couldn't see me. Ooh, that's a good twist on the thought of love is blind. Hmm. Yeah. I wonder if it's about Drew. Drew. Oh, maybe. <laughs> like she's still drawing on that idea of having a crush or Steven, maybe. I don't know. Anyways. A sneak peek of the song was shared by Conan Gray and Olivia Rodrigo on TikTok. 
She sent them, I think it was two. It was... I think it was this one in White Horse. Yeah, it was this one in White Horse. And then there were sneak peeks of the other songs in different places. Yeah. I don't remember where all of them were. All right, let's get into the song. I'm going to let you take a turn reading lyrics because I have talked my ass off. Okay. (laughs) You're on the phone with your girlfriend. She's upset. She's going off about something that you said because she doesn't get your humor like I do. She doesn't get you like I do, man. Yeah. I mean, it's really good. It is just a great (laughs) way to start a song. And I love this first whole verse because she starts off with you're on the phone. She's going off because she doesn't. I, I'm, and she. So you have like the juxtaposition of what everyone is doing. So she's setting the scene and giving characters from the first verse. Right. It's storytelling at its finest. And I'm in my room. It's a typical Tuesday night. This is a lyric change. The original is I'm in the room, which implies that she's in the same room as the person. Right. It does. But then the music video obviously shows differently. Right. So I wonder if that's why she changed it, because it just makes more sense with the music video. And she says it's a typical Tuesday night, which I did note is like in forever and always when she says, I believe it was a Tuesday when I caught your eye. She says Tuesday multiple times in songs, and I'm not going to be able to pull out like other songs, but I know that I have realized Tuesday being repeated more than just those two And 2 a.m. She's obsessed with 2 a.m. or like 158 or... I mean, basically 2 a.m. Right. I'm listening to... (laughs) Sorry, that just makes me laugh because Taylor, go to sleep. I know. (laughs) She's up so late. But I guess it's good because we get this great music from it. I'm listening to the kind of music she doesn't like and she'll never know your story like I do. So I used to always think that this song was... This line was kind of like ironic because if I were to put myself in the shoes of the person that... It would um, be country. It would be. It would be I knew you were going with that. Yeah, the type of music that that she doesn't like. You know, like, it's kind of implying, but you do like the same music that I like. And so, so, so sorry. So I would say that the kind of music that she doesn't like would, would be, yes, the country music. Whereas he doesn't like that music, right? Because if you're trying to be impressed, like, if you have a connection with a guy... You're saying you're basically saying I'm listening to the kind of music she doesn't like, which is implying that you're listening to the kind of music that he does like, like you two have the same. Exactly. Yes. Yes. And so it would probably be, I don't know, Taylor's not Taylor Swift. Right. Like uh, if a guy is listening to a music. Oh, in this imaginary world. Yeah. It would not be Taylor Swift. I thought you meant like if it were you, because that's what I was saying. If it was the music that I didn't like at the time, it would have been country. Well, and what I'm saying is it's just kind of ironic because she says that lyric, but she's kind of singing a song that he probably he probably wouldn't like. Yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah. That is a good note. I think it's funny, too, that she says like she's listening or I'm listening to the kind of music she doesn't like because when you're young, all of your connections are based on your interests. Yeah. And you think that's so important. Like, well, because it defines you on who you are. Right. And then when you get older, you're like, oh, it's more about our compatibility. And your values. And our, for sure, the values. And less about, like, do we agree upon the genre? The best <laughs> Taylor Swift song. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Like, my husband and I were constantly debating that. 
Um, and then she goes, and she'll never know your story like I do, which, you know, she's saying, like, I know deeper parts of you more than once again, you're just your interests. I know you front to back yeah. like a story. It's a great way of explaining. She really knows him. And then the pre-chorus, because, which is a lyric change from originally it was but. So originally it was, but she wears short skirts. I wear t-shirts. And she changed it to because, which is obviously short for because it makes a lot more sense because then it's a list of reasons following right. yeah it's a good change rather than just randomly but she wears them it it, it makes a lot more sense because she wears short skirts i wear t-shirts she's cheer captain and i'm on the bleachers the bleachers jack antonoff i know yeah jack antonoff but i don't think she knew jack no. antonoff and bleachers didn't exist back then <laughs> yeah it just makes me think of that now Dreaming about the day when you wake up and find that what you're looking for has been here the whole time. <sighs> That's a really good line. It is a really good line. Is it your favorite line? I don't know. I think I forgot to note my favorite line. Whoops. Yeah. I'll figure it out. If you could see that I'm the one who understands you, been here all along, so why can't you see you belong with me? You belong with me. So for someone that I was out of high school when this originally came out, and we've talked a lot about how this song is like brings up a lot of nostalgia, especially like with 15 and Fearless and songs that are supposed to take you back to that period in your life. This song, even though like it came out when I was far out of high school and now I'm even further out of high school. God, I still hear it and think like have vivid images of myself in high school. And she totally captured my high school experience with this. And I'm sure that other people, that's why they the, the connection is just so real. But it's like I had I, I specifically remember I had a ton of guy friends in high school and they would all talk to me about like other girls that they liked. Mm. <laughs> and I was just the, their friend. And there are a few of them that like I, you know, had crushes on. And I was just like we are friends because we make each other laugh. We have similar interests. We listen to the same music, you know, that kind of thing. But I wasn't the quote unquote hot girl or the cheerleader, if you want to call it that, or the girl that wore the like high heels, if you want to go that way. I was just the goofball that wore sneakers and danced to the beat of my own drum. And I really like, I love how she captures that in this, even though she clearly isn't that girl, she still can capture it. And that's why I think it must be, hit everyone the same way because even if she wasn't that girl and she can capture it I think there's a little bit of us all in that girl yeah and you can anyone can identify with the feeling of secretly pining or unrequited love like it's just a common feeling and even if you didn't have a secret crush on someone that they didn't know about it's a good song for just depicting high school and how it feels very catty and very uh, clickish I do think that probably is my favorite line now, the the one that you brought up, that what you're looking for has been here the whole time because it's just the romantic comedy thing where the couple at the end realizes like, oops. <laughs> yep. Oh, we should have known this earlier. It yeah. just took us all of this heartache to get to where we needed to be. We were just friends or friends with benefits or any of those movies. Why? So what was your favorite line back then then? I think it was, and you've got a smile that could light up this whole town. I haven't seen it in a while since she brought you down because I had a situation where I was like into someone who I didn't think their girlfriend was good to them. Okay. So I just thought it was relatable because it's like 
this relationship is harmful to you. But now I, I mean, it's not that strong of a lyric, really. It was just my favorite because I connected with it. Yeah. I haven't got, I don't know what my favorite is yet. I'll get back to you on that. But we'll go into verse two, which starts with walking the streets with you in your worn out jeans. I never knew what she was saying there. Worn out jeans. Now, I I thought it was like one hour jeans or something. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't understand what she was saying. So now I'm glad I get to see Walking the streets with you in your worn out jeans. One hour jeans. Worn out jeans. I can't help thinking that this is how it ought to be. Laughing on a park bench, thinking to myself, hey, isn't this easy? Right. And in the music video, she's with him. But when you when I just picture this, she's laughing on the because at first she's walking the streets with you in your worn out jeans. But then I can't help thinking how it ought to be. And then she just goes laughing on a park bench. And it's at some points in time, I picture her alone on the bench. Just <laughs> thinking just to like, herself laughing. Just laughing. But but I know that it's a continued thought from the previous one. But I do think that this verse is just so fun the way that she sings it like the flow of it for sure hey isn't this easy and she says easy like she does in breathe like she had this certain way of pronouncing words back then that was like really (laughs) yeah it was the country twang she was hitting those country notes but i don't know how true to country it was like i know she moved to nashville and she was around people with a twang no she was putting it on yeah so part of it is just weird taylorisms you know right and easy was one of those and there's your favorite line and you're you've got a smile that could light up this whole town i haven't seen it in a while since she brought you down you say you're fine i know you better than that hey what you doing with a girl like that that part is so fun to sing Mm -hmm. you say you're fine i know you better than that every single episode you are going to get a taste of Aaron's Also, I just sing all the time anyway. What you doing with a girl like that has not aged well. (laughs) No. It feels a bit judgmental and sexist. And and throughout the whole music video of You Belong With Me, she's like depicting this like stereotypical like mean slutty girl, which now I don't think that Taylor would do. And she's written from the perspective now of that other girl. Exactly. So, I I mean, you see that worse in Speak Now with Better Than Revenge, but this is a little bit judgy, Taylor. Well, she was just recently out of high school, so we can forgive her. I remember thinking at the time, like, oh, wow, she's so poised and classy in the way that she say, says, <laughs> in the way that she says these types of disses or insinuates that someone is less than moral, you know? Yeah. Like, she just had a better way of saying it than someone else. She wears high heels, I wear sneakers. She's cheer captain and I'm on the bleachers. We go through the chorus again. I do really love that she claims that she wears high heels and I wear sneakers because I couldn't be caught dead, wouldn't be caught dead in high heels back then. And now it's all I wear. That's true. It's a really good comparison. Like I like the one to the other comparison set up throughout the entirety of this song. But who's wearing high heels in high school? I mean... I don't know. That's a bougie girl. <laughs> I mean, I think people wear high wore high heels to dances. I didn't. I wore old navy flip flops. Taylor even would not be wearing tennis shoes. I to wore a high old navy flip flops to your high school dance. I did. What what dance was it? My senior prom. You wore 
Old Navy flip-flops. I did. To your senior prom. I did. Did you wear a dress? Yeah. Did no one see underneath? I mean, I think some people saw. I just was super uncomfortable. <laughs> said, I don't give a shit. <laughs> I didn't. I was super uncomfortable in I'm high badger. heels. And I feel like I was, I was being someone that I wasn't in high heels. Like, I yeah, yeah, hated, yeah. hated getting dressed up for dances. Were you that tall in high school? Because FYI for the listener, Morgan is very tall. Yeah, I was 5'9 in high school. I was 5'9 in eighth grade. Mm. Okay, can't relate. <laughs> I'm 5'2. I want to dance with you, and I'm sophisticated fun. I have go, always... Some Missy I mean, but the you. guy that I went to senior prom with was 6'4, so it wasn't like I had to wear flip-flops. I just felt like I was being someone I wasn't. When I wore That's high heels. That's fair, but you could have worn like slip-ons or something. Nah, $3. Nah. <laughs> $3 Old Navy flip Why bother? In the, I love that. I respect you for that so much. And I was in the bleachers because I was in band too. <laughs> so I just really relate to this song. Gotcha. Like I said before, I feel like my high school had clicks, but I kind of floated between them. So I could recognize these things, but it wasn't like super distinct in my life. Mm. So then she says, standing by and waiting at your back door all this time. How could you not know, baby? You belong with me. You belong with me. So a lot of time has passed. It's the boy next door. And we see that in the music video. And the bridge. Ugh, her bridges are always so good. They're so good. The This whole thing. I have like these weird little hand gestures that I made up that Morgan unfortunately got to see when we were listening to the song when she says hand gestures it's like um choreographed dance moves with her hands yeah that's what i mean that went to the lyrics of this song that i used to like jam with those little moves um and i loved this part this was always my favorite part to sing fully this part and the end of that one was it the pre-chorus the one where she says what you doing with a girl like that yeah that part and then this bridge are the most fun parts to sing. And this whole this whole bridge is just reasons why she knows him better. Yes. So, oh, I remember you driving to my house. In the middle of the night. I'm the one who makes you laugh. When you're, when, oh, see. Oh, <laughs> you fucked it up. I did. But that's because <laughs> this is another one I didn't really understand what she was saying. When you know you're about to cry. Really? You didn't hear that right? I heard that one. It's the, I'm the one that, who makes you laugh. I didn't hear right. I don't know what it said. I just used to go like. I'm the one who makes you laugh. You used to go. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm the one who makes you laugh when you know you're about to cry. I know your favorite songs. And you tell me about your dreams. Think I know where you belong. Think I know it's with me. How tender. What a sweet little moment. Um, I wanted to point out that this is so tiny and minute, but she pronounces the S in house in Taylor's version. Driving to my house. And in the original version, she says, Driving to my house, like a Z sound, house. I don't know how you picked that up. Because I was like, there's a strong S there. Also, I feel like I pay attention a lot to pronunciation just as a language teacher. Okay, that, that makes sense. Sorry. <laughs> Can't you see that I'm the one who understands you? Okay, this is the chorus again. Well, and she's the comfort because she makes him laugh when he's oh, about sorry. to cry. Yes. And once again... She knows his favorite songs, so and they he connect tells on her about his dreams. It, yeah. Do you think they're deep dreams or it's just like, so last night I dreamt I was eating Cheetos? I think it's probably a mixture of both. Uh, all right. 
um oh do you think it's ever that thing where he's like i had a dream about you last night no i don't think maybe that means he's into me and then his girlfriend walks up and she's like what what were you saying and that's when they get in the fight Mm. we could just play this whole scenario up yeah multiple different ways you can choose your ending (laughs) choose your own adventure can't you see that I'm the one who understands you? Blah, blah, blah. Standing by waiting at your back door. Made me think of the Hey Steven line, maybe just because we recently recorded, but I'll be the one waiting there even when it's cold. And she just loves the whole romantic comedy idea of like waiting around for someone or coming back to them. All this time, how could you not know, baby? You belong with me. <laughs> what a, like I set you up and then you <laughs> dropped it. <laughs> I was like so high and excited and then you were like <laughs> I can't figure out which my favorite line is in this song. Oh, so you're distracted, eh? Yeah, I I mean because it's all so good. I'd say maybe um I don't know. Do I don't know. Do, I'll do the thing you did to me before. So that's it. You belong with me is the last, you know, you know she repeats it a couple times, but So what did you rate it, Aaron? I forgot to rate it when we were listening. O-M-G. So you give your rating first and I'll be writing mine. Okay. All right. Well, first I'm going to let you write your number down because I like us to not have influences. Oh, fair point. Okay, we'll pause. And we're back. So, what did you rate it? I gave it a 70. A 70? Yeah. Is that really low? Uh, yeah. Because you gave the last one a 74, didn't you? And you freaking hated it, basically. Yeah. So, why a 70? I gave, I mean, I was like, music and sound. I feel is a 7. It's pretty strong. It's fun. But it's like, you know, it's not stellar, like, musically. And then emotional connection, I did connect with it. But once again, I gave it a seven. And then lyrical quality, it's pretty good. Mostly for the way it sings, like the intonation of her words. So since it was seven straight across the board, I was like, it's probably a 70. Okay, 70 what? 70 out of 100. No, I mean, I know it's out of 100, but 70 (laughs) from the I know, but I'm just... (laughs) Look... I have to say 70 out of 100. That's just how it's got to be. Because I'm stalling for time. I'm going to say I give this 70 sneakers. Okay. I rated this song 92. Holy shit. Tuesday nights. 92? So this is in your top like... Yeah. How many songs are in their 90s for you, like right I, now, currently? I you don't know off the top of your head. Here, let me. I can look right now if you okay. give me a second. I'll stall for time. Let me tell you a story, audience. <laughs> so, when I went to my high school senior prom, I went with my best friend, previously mentioned, the one who passed away. And we went together because we had been dating people who broke up with us to date each other. Oh! <gasps> For real, yeah. That's legit how it happened. And so he was like, I'm not going to go to prom because screw them. And I was like, no, we have to go. We have to go. We can't like let this defeat us. So we went to our prom <laughs> and we thought it would be really funny if we could get a lot of people on board with us 
to dance slowly to the fast songs and to dance quickly to the slow songs. And that's what we did. And we thought it was great fun. I have 44 songs in their 90s. Okay. That's kind of a lot. I mean, Taylor has a really good discography. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I have no idea how to write a song. Like, I'm not a music expert. I don't know. I only have, I think, um, let me just double check. Because I only have one, three songs listed as 100. Are you talking into that mic? Yes, I'm talking into this mic. Okay. <laughs> Good. You only have three songs that are rated at 100. At 100, yes. And then 44 that are in the 90s. So One of them is My Tears Ricochet. I will not answer that right now. One of them is All Too Well. I will still not answer that right now. <laughs> One of them is another Evermore song. <laughs> okay, moving on. Any last thoughts? No. Okay. So we're going to take a break and we'll get back. And we're back from the longest break ever. What are you talking about? That was like five minutes. No, it was actually 48 hours, Aaron. <laughs> what? But it was much needed 48 hours because I have to say, That's When is a very confusing song. And I needed <laughs> that extra time to get through this song and really put the effort into understanding what Taylor is trying to say with it. Yeah, that's fair. I felt the same way. Like this gave me the time I needed to dissect this song more. And it's not dissecting this song in a way that's like, oh, it's so well layered and deep. It's dissecting it to try to understand what's going on right and I, I i will say i was initially super excited to hear this song because we did find out before its release that she was going to be doing a duet with keith urban so it wasn't even going to be back vocals like she did with Marin morris and keith urban in the other song we were happy which we failed to mention on that episode so Oops. I apologize, but it was actually going to be a duet. And Keith Urban's voice is, is an excellent addition to this song. Mm -hmm. And so I was excited to hear what this duet was going to sound like. But my initial listen was eh. kind of a letdown. It was a little bit. Yeah, I feel like this song sounds it reminds me a lot of like a Rascal Flat song or I can tell how it would have been a huge hit at the time. Yeah. If it had been released when she wrote it, I think it really would have been a chart topper. However, I will say that I found the original lyrics and I found the original track, just a recording of her rehearsal, and it was even more confusing. So although if she had released it with Keith Urban as a duet, I think it would have been a hit. If she had released the original lyrics, I don't know how that would have affected it. Interesting. I haven't heard those new original lyrics. So do you want to share them now or do you want to go through them when we go through the lyrics? I, I think I'll just point them out as we go. Okay. And I did want to point out that it wasn't written as a duet, but just as him, as some male person doing background vocals. Um, so she just sort of said, like, he said, I said, and I'll go through that as we go. But to just to give you some background on the song, I found this on Lyric Genius where I get a lot of my info. That's when is a duet describing the aftermath of a relationship breakup 
with Swift in the role of the individual who stepped away from a relationship due to needing space and Keith Urban contemplating whether he should take her back. Interesting, because I did not look on Lyric Genius. And when I was spending time with this song, the only way that I was able to kind of grasp what it was trying to say was if I broke it apart into verse one, ignore the chorus, verse two, ignore the chorus, bridge, then the chorus. Mm. Because that, I think, to me, is a bit more of a straightforward narrative. And we need the chorus because... At the end, the Mm -hmm. chorus is very relevant, but where the chorus is in between the verses was the confusing part, I think. Yeah, like the story feels out of order. Yes, and so when I was doing this, my work for this, I wrote verse one, and I have about a person in a relationship that wants to press the pause button because she needs more space or time to herself or isn't sure where this relationship is going and that the other party is probably already feeling this and recognizing that that Taylor in this instance is having those reservations. Yeah, that makes sense. I it's like I think you're really onto something because when I'm listening to the verses, I'm like, okay, this tracks, this tracks. For me there's some weird stuff grammatically. It was originally written for Fearless, but it was cut and I think when you see the like I said, if you see the original lyrics, you can kind of tell why. The demo version was sung only by Swift with different lyrics, as I said, in the position of deciding whether to take back the other person. So it was not her coming back to the relationship, but the opposite, like the other okay. way around. And I think but I I do think that that is still kind of at play here, which we can get at when we get deeper into the lyrics. But I do think in this in this song, it is about two people deciding whether to go back to the relationship. It's not just one-sided. Yeah, I I like that she made that change. I think it's a bit more mature. I forgot to also point out that this was co-written by Liz Rose, who did a lot of co-writing on Fearless. Okay. And that I feel like, I think it was Nathan Chapman who did a lot of the Fearless producing. But he did. It's Christopher Rowe who has been helping with the Fearless um, re-record mm-hmm. okay before we jump in i think it might be appropriate if i just go through the rest of my outline so that i mean i know that because because it's kind of the the broader s- thoughts of the song as opposed to the lyric by lyric so i said that verse one is taylor's saying i need a pause and then verse two is Kurt keith urban's point of view and he's kind of admitting to his mistakes when when she called him out on them so she's saying this is what you did wrong and i'm I I take responsibility for it. But then he steps back and lets her go, which I think is a very mature thing to do. And then he receives a call back and wanting to know if she wants him back. And then it's the bridge. And then we get the I mean, I know the chorus is dispersed in there. But I think that if we if we think of it and we go through the lyrics that way, it might be easier for us to um, make sense of. Okay, yeah, I'm fine with that. That makes a lot more sense. What did you can you repeat one more time what you said about he receives a call back? So because I think in the end of her in the verse, I think we can get to it when we get it. But he receives a call from her saying, when can I come back? Okay, yes, I'm following what you mean. Yeah. And there is I was really excited to talk to you about this because I'm always just like. Morgan smart. (laughs) 
<laughs> I never know what, you, what to say when you when you compliment me like this. Oh. I don't take compliments very well. Sorry. <laughs> no, don't apologize. That's one thing females do way too much of is that, apologize. That's true. We need to start saying we're not sorry. <laughs> All right. So do or you you're jump not in? sorry. Exactly. Um, yeah, let's jump in. So you said, oh, where's the first? Is that the first line you said? I know. Yeah. Oh, God, that's why it's so confusing. Because that's what it is. It picks up at the end of a story. <laughs> you thought that I didn't print out a page? Yes. Um, you said, I know, when I said, I need some time, need some space to think about all of this. You watched me go, and I knew my words were hard to hear and harder to ever take back. And I said, when can I come back? Mm-hmm. So she's saying... Basically, what happened at the end of the relationship, you're right, it is picking up like at the end of a story without really putting us in into the setting first. It's putting us into a conversation. Yeah, that we weren't privy to the first part of the conversation. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So she needs some time and space to think about the relationship. You watched me leave and I knew. So she's saying she knows that the decision she's making is pretty big and final. I guess one of the things I don't really understand is why she then quickly says, when can I come back? Is she basically saying, oh, I was too quick to say I needed to press pause? Like, because she has these thoughts and then she's saying, when can I come back immediately after? So is this maybe like a a summary of the way it played out and we're already at the point when they're back together? Yeah, maybe she's skipping ahead in time in the storyline, or maybe they're outlining, like, how long is this break? Like, you know what Rachel and Ross did not do? Oh. <laughs> Just to- <laughs> right. They, did, they didn't give specifics about what's to happen on this break. That makes sense. Actually. They were on a break. Yeah. <laughs> so do you want to hear the original lyrics for verse one? Please. So instead of, you watched me go, and I knew... Words were hard to hear and harder to ever take back. The original lyrics were, I watched him go. He watched me crushed to the floor on my knees, just like that. Yeah, that's even more confusing, girl. It is more confusing, but you see how it's more her perspective. It's still doing the I and and instead of saying you, she's saying he. Yeah, so it's taking... It's taking away the the duality and making it just a, a one person. One person story. just telling the story. Yeah, yeah, it sounds better, I think, as a duet saying like, I did this and then you did this and speaking directly because it is a conversation. Yeah, it is. It, it's hard conversation. I mean, I'm sure, you know, it's relatable to a lot of people having this kind of conversation in a relationship. It's the nicest way to say, hey, I just I need some time to think. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of in Gilmore Girls, of course, when spoiler alert, if you haven't finished Gilmore <laughs> Girls, when Luke says after her family and her mother interferes, he says, I really just need space and I've got to think. And she's like, but when, when, like immediately, when can I come back? And like, how much space? And then he ends up breaking it off because she's not able to give him that space. And then, you know, they do get back together. Like well, you didn't have later. to do that. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be so surprised if there's someone going through Gilmore Girls at the same or 
in real time right now for the first time. Yeah, that's true. And I think we do have some crossover fans. Like a lot of times I'll be on Twitter and I'll see someone in their bio to be like Swifty, Gilmore Girls fan. I mean, that's not surprising. They're both very well They're. I mean, both of the writers are good storytellers and bring real life emotions There's, to the screen slash song. Exactly. There's one song that I saw um, a clip from of a relationship in Gilmore Girls that I'll point it out when we get to it. But it's a fearless song. And I was like, oh, that works so well. OK, but so anyways. Per my suggestion, I think we should skip the chorus right now and go on to the verse two. Okay. So verse two is Keith Urban's point of view. And he's saying, I said, I know when you said I did you wrong, made mistakes and put you through all of this. Then through the phone came all your tears. And I said, leave those all in our past. Mm -hmm. And you said, when can I come back? So what are your thoughts? You're really thinking hard there. I know. So I guess they had a second conversation. They're on a break, though, right? But is it a second conversation? See, I think that because he also then says, and you said, when can I come back? It seems to imply that it's the same conversation just from his point of view. So maybe that's what's confusing about this song is like the time. Like you were saying, like the chorus needing to be at the end. And then like for me, there's also weird phrasing that is hard to get through but it feels out of order right like it's not a it's not a con- it's not what we're used to in a narrative it's not from one well, especially for a taylor narrative right. she loves that we talked about like the country um trope mm-hmm, and that she talked about in the folklore long pond studio sessions when she said the country story that starts at the beginning and comes full circle yeah and this does not do that no it starts in between and then even the verses are not in consecutive order it's like one of those confusing movies where the timeline is all yeah flip-flopped so if we're if we're to take it as that he's his his verse is his point of view of the conversation that we heard from taylor's point of view in the first verse then it's basically her she's saying I need some space because you made these mistakes. And he's saying, I know you need these sp- this space because I did do you wrong. And I'm sorry I made mistakes. And I'm sorry I put you through all this. And she's saying, you let me go. And I know that my h- words were hard to hear. And he's saying, I did let you go. And then come the tears. And then come her saying i want you back okay i think part of what's confusing is like she says it's a it's a clever construction to say i said this when you said this but it kind of naturally is backwards to do it that way right so your brain is doing a lot of catching up because if you were doing a natural conversation it would start with who spoke first i mean taylor's songs are hard to follow or hard to grasp after just a first listen to begin with. And this I'm still trying to grasp at, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think we're on to something with the order. And then also, I feel like I just had a big breakthrough with the, it's the reply before the initial statement. Yeah. And so it's just set up backwards, which I do think is a bit more interesting, but also really confusing for the listener. It is really confusing. And I think that that's why it's really important that we talk about the chorus last, because I... 
I thought the chorus was going to explain things when I at my first time around. And then when it just says that's when I was like, what's when? Yeah, I have more <laughs> questions about the chorus. Yeah, the verses are the parts that I actually understand the best. So then we get into the- you, wait, wait, wait. Oh. Do you want to hear the original lyrics? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. OK, so it goes. I said, I know he said I did you wrong, made mistakes. So once again, it's just instead of you, it's he. And put you through all of this. And then instead of went through the phone, all of that, it goes, because I let you go. You let me think that I'll be fine without you. Imagine that. Interesting. Yeah, just they just aren't as good of lyrics. And it's also. Yeah, I don't know. Imagine that is is a weird thing to say, but leave all of those in our past with the current lyric. I think the use of the word our is implying that, yeah, there is forgiveness. Yeah, for sure. And she's coming back. And I I think I'm reading this again, and I'm sorry, listeners, this is probably not only a confusing song, but a really confusing deconstruction of this song. But now I'm reading it again, and I think I was wrong about it, them talking about the same conversation. Because he says in verse two, like, I said, I know when you said I did you wrong. So He's saying, she, oh my gosh, this is so hard to explain, but he's saying, <laughs> I know to when, what her, her response is, I did you wrong when I put you through all of this. So it's like, she's apologizing for, for leaving, for leaving. Oh, so it is after. It is after. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So maybe this is a series of conversations. Yeah, it must be. And she just wants to know. When can she come back multiple times? <laughs> yeah. So maybe, yeah, they're working through it by like they've had, they've met up once, they've met up twice, and eventually they get to the point where they're back together. All right. So, so then skipping the chorus again, we get to the bridge and she says, and you said, honestly, when you were gone, did you think of me? And I said, so she's basically just saying, when we were split apart, did you did you think of me or were you moving on? She says, and you said, oh, God, honestly, did you ever think of me? So he's feeling some type of way because she left. Yeah. And he's like, did you even think about me when we were on this break? Yeah. You're the one that left. Yeah. There you go. You hit that one. I... That was not there in the original lyrics. Was there a bridge in the original lyrics? I don't think so. OK. Well, now let's jump into the chorus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It does change a little bit. It does a little bit, but we can just talk about those changes. Okay. Why don't you read it? Do you want to? I don't know which course you're wanting to go through. I mean, because the first and the second one are the same. Okay. So right. I'll just so say we'll start there. And I said, that's when, when I wake up in the morning, that's when, when it's sunny or storming, laughing when I'm crying. And that's when I'll be waiting at the front gate. That's when, when I see your face, I'll let you in, and baby, that's when. Okay, so my main issue with this is just grammatically, (laughs) it doesn't make sense to start off with that's when. It would if she just said when, right? If there was no that, if it was just when can I come back, when you've apologized, or when you've said, (laughs) I don't know, anything when is like a, a dependent clause, Right. I don't know. So it's dependent on like it's a question answer. I don't know. Yeah. But I think she's being clever in the sense that like she is 
she's telling us when after she says it, it's just, yes, I understand what you mean in, in the fact that it's grammatically incorrect. But when she says that's when, it's then she goes into when you can. Mm-hmm. But even that doesn't make sense to me. I see how it's it sounds really good. Like this song when I'm singing it, I'm like, yeah, that's when, you know, and I, like I said, I can hear how it would be like really if this were released, if we could go back in time um, to <laughs> if I could turn back time. I have to do it. I have Always. To do it. <laughs> if we could go back and drop this as it's recorded now into 2008. Okay? You think that it would have been a smash hit? Yeah. OK. I think it would have been like chart topping for country music do you think just because keith urban and taylor swift or do you think because of the content i think no well taylor swift and keith urban yes content no the sound of the song okay is why i think that okay but okay so when i wake up in the morning all right i'm following it when it's sunny or storming so anytime okay any morning i wake up doesn't matter if it's sunny. Doesn't matter if it's stormy. Ah, that makes sense. I was confused. Like, pick a thing. Um, and in the original lyrics, that was when the sun is always storming, <laughs> which I actually thought made more sense to me than the new lyric because I was like, I know it sounds like wild, but it's like it's a bad day. Yeah. It even when it's sunny, it's always storming. storming. But I didn't understand with the current lyric, but you helped me make sense of it yeah so any day basically just come back whenever yeah i don't care what about laughing when i'm crying like doesn't that seem a little bit insensitive (sighs) okay so i made sense of it as they made it through so she's like crying that they're she's like happy that they're back together but they're laughing because they're happy it's like happy tears i guess okay yeah i have a big question mark next to that because it just doesn't i just because it's laughing when I'm crying, so it's only it's only really referring to one person crying. Right. And then it's different on a third one though, isn't it? Those two are the same. What's the well, third one? Well the third one? one is laughing when I was crying. Laughing when I'm crying. Okay. It's not that different. No, it's just past, present. I don't know. My only thought is just like <sighs> that they're happy that they made it through it sounds it feels yeah it feels really insensitive that you would be laughing while i'm crying crying, especially when you're in the middle of trying to get back together (laughs) (laughs) i mean let's be honest if i heard this song without the chorus these people are never ever getting back together we (laughs) are never ever ever well um another lyric change from the original is that's when when i see your face was that's when I'll never see your face. I don't get it. And in one of the choruses, it's just never, not even an aisle. It's just, that's when never see your face. So that version is like, they're not getting better together because never see your face. I guess. It's weird. I mean, because you and I both agree that they do get back together in this song, right? I think so. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because at the end, it's like, you let me in, and baby, that's when. Well, and let's leave that in our past. Yeah. It's not our past if we've separated. What about waiting at the front gate? Okay, so 
I actually kind of like that as a metaphor for letting someone in and trusting them because he says, I'll let you in. And he obviously means back into his heart because he's trying to learn how to trust her after she left. Okay. And Taylor makes a lot of references to gates and keys and letting people in. Like, this is why we can't have nice things when she talks about, um, you know, I locked, locked the gate. And then when she says, and back to December, the chain on your door. Yeah. Cruel summer. I snuck in through the garden gate. Yeah. There's a lot of metaphors about like, a gate being more than just a gate as letting someone in right just like she uses driving as a metaphor for a relationship going or like life continuing yeah so i i do like that as a through line and i understand it to be taylor's conceptualization of trust okay i like that okay well yeah so it's just kind of confusing (laughs) i think yeah i think that kind of wraps it up so why don't you give me a rating was he laughing Laughing when I was crying. Is he laughing at her mistakes? That's what I, yeah, maybe, like, maybe he's just saying, like, when, because the end it says, when I'm laughing, when I'm crying. Maybe he's just basically saying, it's silly for you to be crying about this. Okay. Like, yes, of course, we're back together. Morgan, I'm about to drop a bomb on you. What? Original lyric for one of these choruses. It's the. Which chorus would it be? One, two. See, now that we went out of Sorry. order, I'm confused. Wait, hold on one second. Give me one second. It would be not the first chorus, not the second chorus, the third the final chorus. one? Yes. Okay. She says, okay. <laughs> and that's when you were waiting at the front gate. And that's when, when I saw your face, you let me in. And baby, that's when. That's what we have, right? Yeah. The original lyric was, and that's when... We'll be waiting up to fucking. Really? We'll be waiting up to fucking. What? Wait, no. That's what the. That's what. <laughs> that is what the internet told me. And I looked and I found two different versions of the original lyrics. I could be wrong, but both versions said that's when we'll be waiting up to fucking. Well, interesting, Taylor. So maybe that's why <laughs> yeah. I didn't make the cut. That's probably why. I mean, we all know that she didn't drop fuck until folklore. Right. That's a big one. Like, even just a subtle hint at a euphemism, we were all like, whoa. <gasps> yeah. So, anyways. Wow. I was excited to tell you about that. I, I mean, I'm going to be real honest right now. When you said I'm about to drop a bomb on you, I thought you got some notification on your phone. <laughs> oh, no. Because what's today's date, Morgan? April 29th. Which is the date that has been hinted at for all of the theories. Well, it would be, it's the day before the 30th. So it'd be the day that she would tell us if she was going to be dropping a third album. Right, which would be the 30th. So we're still waiting to see if there's any notifications. So I guess we're a little sensitive. Like we've been checking Taylor Nation's tweets and, you know, maybe we're just clowning. We probably are just clowning. And I'm really sad because I was was over this until you brought me back in. No, I still have hope, though. Like, the day's not over. Okay. We'll see. We'll know by the next recording. And y'all will definitely know by then because you're in the future. (laughs) You do that every time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So what was your rating of this song? Oh, uh, one one more. Oh, lyri- sorry. Two more lyric changes. To get rid of this song. <laughs> I know, I know. It's okay. Just I have a few more notes. Um, one is that at the end, and that's when I miss you, and that's when I want you was added. Okay. And that's when I miss you. That part, and then the end where she says, "And that's when I love you." That's when. 
That wasn't there. And it actually said, I said, I know. He said, I need some time, need some space. So he needs a break. So they don't get back together in the okay. original. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now rating. I gave this 43 <laughs> out of 100 Taylor's unreleased F-bombs. That's a good one. <laughs> See, once again, I'm still really bad. You gave it 43. I still, I gave it a 72 still. <laughs> Damn. Why? I don't, I, because it's still a Taylor okay, song. If we're, if you're telling me that you want to use a metric of zero to 100 so that it can more adequately represent rating the music, but nothing goes above a 50, which is what you said. Yeah. Right. Then why is the scale not 50 to 100? Okay, fine. You're right. Maybe I need to go back and readjust. So if I were to readjust, how would I scale that? So if it was actually, it would be closer to like a 30 something. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Some math person would have to get involved to redo all the ratings and scales. Well, no, you can do a proportion, right? I just think your friend, um, what's, do you, I don't know if you want to say his name or Cuba. not. <laughs> hey. <laughs> but I think it makes a lot of sense what he said that from one to 10, you're just going to end up having tons of songs that are around the same rating and it feels like you're not adequately representing the song. But I think if we're doing zero to 100, it needs to I need to, to be... actually do zero to 100? Yeah. Okay. That changes Which everything. Which I don't Aaron. know that anything is going to score for me. Like below 30 seems really, really low. Well, but so we'll if, see. Yeah. So this would be something in the 30s then if I were to reproportion it. Okay. Yeah. So I gave... But I gave it 30 something or right now it's 72 front gates. <laughs> Love it. I think what I gave today was a fairy tale was like a 45. So to me, I gave this a 43 because it was more confusing. Yeah. All right. Well, any last thoughts? No, I think we've exhausted those. <laughs> so moving on to tell me why. Well, we've already kind of hinted at what we're talking about in the theories today yeah aaron desner's tweets he's been using three emojis and you know he posted that picture a while back on your birthday on my birthday that was about the long pond studio session well it wasn't about that but the picture was of where they did the recordings and he said like it's never a bad day to start something new or something like that um and then he's been tweeting three emojis and then taylor nation tweeted like the day before yesterday, they tweeted about folklore for the cardigan. I vote for them for the lyrics. And then yesterday they tweeted about Evermore. Well, there has still been nothing today. And so far today, they've tweeted three times. Okay. I'm holding out hope. I know. I posted on Reddit to see if people would, I could get more traction there with people sending in like actual lyrical analysis, sees, analysis, analyses. <laughs> there we go. I got there and I got a couple really good replies. So thank you if you're listening. There were some thoughts on songs that we've already talked about that I thought gave them maybe a little bit more credit or potentially just a different perspective. Okay. So this person says basically that fearless is about dualities and reality versus fantasy and how to cope when your fantasy f is shattered. Oh, that's a good way of um, summarizing the theme. It's a good fearless. lens to look it at is. the album through. And so in 15, they talk about, you know, I was going to marry him someday, but I realized bigger dreams um, and how she and Abigail thought 
like they wouldn't make it through uh, what happened to Abigail, but then they're okay now and realize bigger dreams. She goes on to talk about White Horse, and she says a lot of things in White Horse about White Horse that I think we did actually cover mm-hmm. pretty well. But then for Today Was a Fairy Tale, she says this song basically is the fairy tale that White Horse narrator said she'd find one day. It uses flowery fairy tale language throughout to describe the magic in the air, but it makes sure to point out that, okay, no, we're not literally a prince and a princess. I wore a dress. You wore a dark gray t-shirt. You took me by the hand and picked me up at six, she says, but goddamn if the narrator didn't feel like a princess because every move you make, everything you say is right. Fairy tales can happen. You just need to ground them in reality, too. That perspective on Today Was a Fairy Tale made me think a little bit differently about it. Yeah. It doesn't pan out as fairy tales. It's just the average moments between people. So, so yeah, I guess that's about it for now for okay. previous songs that we talked about. And thank you to those who have sent in theories and thoughts. So for this week's Taylor trivia, we decided to do a this or that style uh, choice for each other. So we're going to each have three times to list two songs from... Do you think that... Did we pick three just subconsciously? Yeah, right? I think we're just into threes right now. I think Trilogy. we are. <laughs> um, so we each picked three, uh, two, three double songs where you have to choose which one. Mm-hmm. Because Morgan likes to play those casually cruel games. <laughs> and so I figured, all right, let's just go with it. Okay, you go first. All right, so White Horse or Love Story? Oh, man. I tried to pick ones that you like. I know. Well, I did the same thing to you. Um, White Horse or Love Story? I might have to say White Horse. Okay. Okay, for you, 15 or Forever and Always? Forever and Always. Interesting. Okay. Um, breathe or forever and always piano version. Breathe. Mm-hmm. For you, breathe or you're not sorry. <sighs> <laughs> cruel, cruel person. Okay, I guess you're not sorry. Okay, just because of the emotional connection. Uh, we were happy or don't you? <laughs> motherfucker <laughs> why are we so mean to each other we were happy okay it it makes you it forces you to like really think about it and go with your gut yeah it does oh but wait i still have one more um you belong with me or love story love story okay yeah Oh, that was fun. It was fun. We can do it on the next episode too. Okay. I like that game. I mean, I don't I don't like it when it's like But it's interesting. Permanent. I don't know. I have to just like let go. It's like suspension of disbelief. Like in the we are grounded in reality where we're not actually losing these songs. Right, exactly. So like maybe I just have to think about it as like and if you're gonna play one of them right now. Exactly. That or is I because only... let's be honest, this list of the, the rankings for me, they're ch- it's changing all the time. Like I will go back to it two days later and be like, no, I still I think this one's higher than this one now. <laughs> yeah, that's why I've never tried to really rank songs and why I feel like I'm so shitty at it. But it is something that's fun, like to even keep going back to because you're just like, 
it's like a little game. Yeah. But you can play with yourself instead of solitaire. It's rank the Taylor songs. I know. And as Swifties are so intense about our fandom, I mean, you know, like Swifters, Swifterhood, <laughs> because if you're in the fandom at all, you have seen all of the intensity that goes behind like the theories and all of the conversations that we have with one another. And like Morgan and I are making a podcast and like people make merch and it's really serious, but it's fun to see like when you meet someone else, like what are your notes? And to know that like other people do that too. Right. No, for sure. I agree. All right. Well, plugs or we'll write your name. We started something new. We decided to do um, an account. It's a website called Buy Me a Coffee. And it's basically for listener support if you want to support the show. So we picked, you can buy us a whiskey on ice because... Whiskey on ice. Sunset and Vine. And Taylor loves whiskey. She does, but that's because Joe introduced her to whiskey. I'm almost positive of that. Our friend is constantly teasing us, you know which one, that I'm not a real Swifty because I don't like whiskey. And also... How does he even know... That she loves whiskey? No, yeah. Because I talk about Taylor all oh, the goddamn okay. time. <laughs> I, like, force people to listen to her music. Can I just tell you something that's really... I'm going to go down a, like, deep hole real quick. Okay. But another one of my, like, huge nerdy fandoms is the Vampire Diaries. And mm-hmm. Damon and um, Stefan Salvatore, the brothers from Vampire Diaries, just yes. started... A bourbon company called Bourbon Brothers. Oh. I know. And so now I can combine my love for whiskey and Vampire Diaries. Ah, that's perfect. And also, I'm from Kentucky. So bourbon, like, you could also say I'm not a good Kentuckian, but I'm also, like, deathly allergic to horses. And it's the horse capital of the world. So I don't know, y'all. <laughs> hey, you still got the y'all. I love wine. <laughs> Fried chicken is good. <laughs> oh. Wine's not a Kentucky. Anyway, so our buy us a whiskey account. Yeah. And we wanted to say that we really prefer that you donate to our fearless future first because Morgan and I, we both have jobs. We both have houses to live in. Um, We're very blessed and fortunate. And we took on this project not to make money. Like, as you will see, like, we hope to not have ads. And if we ever do, they would be for companies that are like promoting the values that we promote. And we would think very seriously about it because we don't want to just put you through ads. And we really want to use our platform to uplift those fearless feature choices. Right. Um, so we're going to be okay at the end of the day. So we really prefer that you donate to them first. But if you do want to support us, just because I will say, so far this has been like, we've lost money, right? Like We have. It's an just- investment in time and money we're doing it for the love of it but if you do want to support the show then you can just go on there and give a couple bucks or something and we'd appreciate that but definitely no pressure also it's on our website sorry yeah and in the description for the podcast and just a reminder follow us on social media email us follow us on um insta tiktok i guess that's social media and you know write to us so that we can feature you in our next Swifterhood podcast. podcast at gmail.com. We can't wait to hear from you. Talk to you soon. Ciao.